This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Are you a federal worker living paycheck to paycheck? Do you use food stamps? Planning to travel soon? Do you have a child in Head Start? All that and more is at stake with a government shutdown looming. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Congress has until Saturday night to reach a deal and fund the government, or millions of Americans will see disruptions to paychecks or programs they rely on. To understand it all, we're checking in with WBEZ State House reporter Mawa Iqbal, Kelly O'Connell, who's the CEO of the local food pantry Nourishing Hope, and the Chicagoan who will be impacted directly, Tamisha Holyfield. Now, Tamisha's a single mother and starts by telling us the shutdown would be very challenging for her family. You're a single mother. Uh, You rely on the Women, Infants, and Children Nutritional Program. We also know that as WIC. Uh, It's a federal program giving participants a a card to be able to buy certain foods, right? Yes. If the government shuts down, WIC immediately comes to a stop. So tell us how that's going to impact your day-to-day. Well, um, I'm definitely going online to see what benefits I still have left for the month. Um, But with WIC's shutting down, it affects me because it actually helps supplement our groceries for for our home. Um, I don't know if you all are aware, but a gallon of milk is $6. It's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to get that assistance where it seems like it's not much, but it is much when cost of living went up, cost of food went up. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to pay to breathe now. That went up. I still have to pay seven cents for a bag. And now you're cutting what's helping supplement that extra food in my home, the vegetables, the fruit, the the bread, the grains, things to try to keep us healthy because we can go get a bag of Doritos and Cheetos and those are all inexpensive foods, but yet they cut years off of our life. Mm-hmm. So WIC has helped us change our diet in our home to, to add years onto our life and keep life healthy. They cut that, then, you know, we're at Whole Foods where healthy food is expensive. And, and you're doing all this. You're holding multiple jobs. Yes, I am. I just picked up another job, which... I love what I do, um, but yes, I work multiple jobs. Just one job is for living. Now the other job is for food and extra expensive to supplement what um, one will not carry. Kelly, last year, WIC served nearly 40% of infants, and it had an estimated 6.3 million participants across the country. You're running a food pantry here in the city. Now, with the loss of the program, what are you expecting to see? 
Yeah, with lots of benefits, uh, as Tamisha talked about, like you really, so many families rely on that to put food on their tables, right? And so when those go away, they need to make tough choices about how to, where to spend their dollars. And groceries are up, what we just talked about with inflation. We're anticipating a pretty big increase. Mm. And that's on top of an already big increase due to inflation and other things going on in, in the world. Mawa, let's bring you in here. We we just talked about WIC, which is it's really just one program that this government shutdown would impact. Uh, what is a government shutdown? Let's get everyone on the same page with that. Yeah, so basically a shutdown is when Congress is unable to pass spending bills for government agencies and programs by their fiscal deadline, which is October 1st. And so these are bills that, in other words, keep the lights on for a lot of these programs and agencies. So if, if they don't pass, then the programs just stop working or shut down. So why might one happen now? Yeah, so basically, without, you know, like getting too in the weeds, essentially what's going on is House Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy negotiated these spending bills with leaders from both chambers and President Biden back in June. But there is a faction of far-right Republicans in the House, so namely Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates, who think that the spending plans are way too high and have basically been stonewalling these bills from getting to the floor for a final vote. Uh, a key sticking point is how much aid is going to Ukraine. Actually, Volodymyr Zelensky was in D.C. Thursday pleading with lawmakers for more aid. So it's, it's, it's been really interesting to watch. And, and now what we have is Congress is trying to pass these short-term spending measures to sort of like stave off a shutdown, at least in like the immediate term. But in order to do that, McCarthy has to work with the Democrats. Unfortunately, though, the far-right faction has been threatening to oust him as speaker if he does do that. Mm. So he's kind of in a very difficult bind. So when you hear all this, Tamisha, what comes to mind? What do you want to tell Congress? <laughs> the PG version? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I would like to actually just keep it simple and to let Congress know um, they need to tighten it up. They seriously need to tighten it up. Um, for me to explain it to, to other parents, coming from a parental perspective, Congress, we vote these people in. So they are now like our parents. We are their children. As a parent, it is very important and ne- necessary for them to provide us with the necessities we need to live. You know, that's home, food, clothing, you know, a little bit of love, make us feel a little special. Congress, you're not making us feel that way. We voted you into this role to help us and to protect us as the people. You're not. You're not. I don't feel protected. I now feel extremely exposed and vulnerable. And what am I to do next now? Hmm. What? 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 What is there for me to do next? I don't feel encouraged about this. This is not encouraging for me. This puts me in panic mode. And it could set off a little some uh, some little triggers that people may have because now we're it's not like we're not in survival mode anyway. Now with the government shutting down like Congress, you're not you're honestly you're not showing us the love and you're not showing us the all American dream or is this the all American dream? Hmm. Your pantry is is kind of at the whim of this potential shutdown as well, Kelly. So I mean, what do you want to stress mm-hmm. to politicians? Yeah, I mean, similar. It's just really important to make sure that we can continue to uh, provide these benefits for folks, right? The federal government um, SNAP program, WIC program, is really the first defense against hunger. And so we really want to make sure that those are fully funded, that folks are able to continue to access them. 
A little bit of good news here in Illinois is what we're currently hearing from Illinois Department of Human Services that so that's the state agency that administers uh, WIC and food stamps in Illinois. Uh, we don't think it'll really impact uh, Illinoisans or Chicagoans uh, during October. They think they'll be able to continue to provide the services uh, through the state. Okay. Uh, so that's a big priority of the Pritzker administration, which is great news. I mean, if that's true, that's right. great news. What we what we are worried about then is what happens in November if it goes that long. Right. Last time it went about 35 days. Uh, we know that there's a chance that that can continue to happen. So, um, you know, I think just really get to work, get it done, uh, keep the keep the federal government moving so that uh, people can keep working, have child care, keep people can keep food on their table, and keep it moving. I mean, Tamisha's voice is still ringing in my ears when she said, I feel like I have to pay to breathe. Mm. I do. So, Mawa, let's perhaps stick with some of the good news here, because we know so much will be impacted by this shutdown, but certain programs are expected to keep running as usual, right? Yeah, so basically the mail, the postal service will be running as usual because they don't rely on taxpayer dollars. And, and same thing with Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. These are what are known as entitlement programs, so they just get uh, revenue funding from different streams. And then um, the Education Department has confirmed the student loan payments are expected to still restart on October 1st. It's unclear whether national parks may stay open, but the services on the site might shut down. Although I did see that the wildfire fighting efforts will continue because that, that's part of their contingency plan from, from before. So You have some thoughts, Tamisha? <laughs> some midday radio thoughts? Yes, of course. Student loans and all that stuff, funding. Of course. Of course. You know, I honestly feel like this, this system is really um, is set up. And it's a game that everybody don't always know the rules to. And, um, of course, of course, the rich gets richer, continue to stay richer. The poor stays poor. And the middle class, is there a middle class anymore? Because everything is increasing. Like, what are the things that staying in place that affects us, real people, human beings, kind people, people that look like you, myself, you? What 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 good what what what's on the table for us? We want to eat too. Good questions, Mawa. If the shutdown goes through, um, federal workers they're they're either going to be furloughed or they're going to have to work all without pay until the funding mm-hmm. does come through. How many people does that impact in our area? Yeah, so the most recent numbers I could find, according to the Congressional Research Service, is as of March 2023, there were about 42,000 federal employees living in Illinois. So, yeah, 42,000 people in in the state. And and who are the people who, as I mentioned, will still have to work? Yeah, so like your military personnel, uh, law enforcement, like the FBI and the DEA, um, most Border Patrol and and, um, Immigration Custom Enforcement agents will also have to work. Federal courts must stay open, too. So people working in like the federal district courts or in the Supreme Court, uh, congressional staff, and then also TSA, uh, which is the the, um, Transportation Security Agency at the airports. Yeah. And and those workers will later get back pay, which wasn't the case until there was a law that was passed because of the last shutdown, Mm -hmm. uh, which was from uh, December 2018 to January 2019. You saw the impact of that shutdown, Kelly. We were talking a little bit off air. I mean, what did it look like for Nourishing Hope? 
Yeah, you know, it, the, as soon as the first paycheck was missed, we saw a huge increase, right? And that really highlights how many Chicagoans and Americans really live paycheck to paycheck and rely on, on their dollars. We saw about 40 to 50 new families come a day, like instantly overnight. Mm-hmm. And so we were just making sure that we had enough food and, and welcomed people in. Mentioned that many people have to work through it. We saw a lot of TSA workers actually come. Um, LaDonna really? was one, lives on the south side, and she, you know, was doing everything right by, you know, society standards, had a job, had, was doing all the things, um, and had to come to us for the first time. It was hard for so many folks, right? Tears. I never thought I would be in this position. I have a job. I should be able to pay. But, like, what I want to tell people now is, like, don't let shame get in the way. Please turn to Nourishing Hope or any other food pantry in the city to help support you through this time, right? That's why we're here. Mm. But here's the thing. A lot has changed since then, Kelly. And you've also said that COVID already threw food pantries into crisis mode. Yes. What do you think a shutdown is going to mean for them today, those same families? Yeah, I I think it's just a continued crisis, right? Like we had COVID, ongoing effects of COVID, um, and we just continue to see it. Inflation, the recent recent migrant influx, um, families are just struggling to put food on the table across the board. So we've seen, especially in the last year, we've seen an increase of about 76% of families with children coming to us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just impacting uh, folks in a different way. That last shutdown that we keep mentioning, Mawa, um, it was the longest. It lasted mm-hmm. more than a month, as we've mentioned. If this shutdown does happen, do we have any predictions about how long it'll last? Yeah, so I spoke with John Shaw. He's the director of the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute down in Carbondale, and he doesn't think it will last more than a couple of days. I mean, obviously, like he's hopeful <laughs> that it won't last more than a couple Being of days. Being optimistic. Yeah. Right, yeah, but, but he was saying, and it's something that I think Tamisha um, touched on a lot too previously, it was just the fact that like when the government doesn't work, people are disillusioned, you know, like they, they, their confidence in the government to do its job, to, to feed families, to, to keep, you know, clothes on their backs and roofs over their head, like it, their, their confidence in them doing that just goes down significantly. And so this defiance from this far-right GOP faction is obviously done, you know, for political credit. Yeah. And so Shaw is saying that, you know, I don't think that's going to hold out for too long, right? Because people are going to realize that, you know, the government isn't working. And so gaining all this, like, political upper hand over Joe Biden or whatever isn't going to matter when you can't, you know, get Wix um, benefits, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, the longer this goes, the harder it can get for people. But there are a lot of programs uh, that are very hard to live without. I'm thinking about childcare. Mm-hmm. Thinking about you, Tamisha. You've got a child in Head Start programming. I do. What is she like? Mm-hmm. Tell us about her. Oh, my sweet little three-nager. <laughs> <laughs> she is amazing. I'm very blessed to have her. But most importantly, I'm so blessed to have her, y'all. Mm-hmm. I really am. My little rainbow baby. But most importantly, I'm blessed to have the support a family focus. That's the agency where she's been at since she was three months. I've been in education. I've been teaching education for over 12 years. So in the heat and in the meat and the heart of uh, COVID and the pandemic, when the world was shut down, that's when God blessed me with Ryan, right? I was a first grade teacher. Um, I gave my students love. They gave me COVID. I gave it to my first, my one-year-old. I gave them my resignation letter, Right. But before all that happened, I had to take her somewhere 
and family focus opened their doors and we've been there. She's three months. She's been there since now she's three years old. Mm. Um, I honestly couldn't do it without him. I've always worked multiple jobs just to make ends meet more so now, you know, because after COVID, everything went up. I mean, you're being left no choice right now. Yeah, I have, you know, I have no choice. A lot of uncertainty happening. It is. Um, And and also to add, the good old presidents and all these people that put these uh, laws into place and, you know, shutting everything down. I did a little homework and they're still getting paid. They're not missing not one paycheck. They don't have to volunteer some hours and get retro pay. It must be nice. So, Mawa, I mean, are there any ways out of the shutdown that aren't being signaled in Congress? Um, I mean, the, the Senate has recently, which, which is controlled by the Democrats, they introduced yeah. their own spending plan a couple of days ago to provide temporary funding through November 17th. But it doesn't really seem like it, it's kind of unclear if the House Republicans will will take it. And so honestly, it really is up to McCarthy to make that choice of, you know, do I want to work with the Democrats to pass a temporary spending plan at the risk of losing support from the far right Republicans? And then, you know, or, or do I want to keep their support and keep my job potentially? So it's, mm-hmm. it's really kind of up to him now. But it's. It's looking more and more unclear, which is unfortunate, especially since we are getting closer to that looming October 1st Absolutely. deadline. Yeah. Leave us with this, Kelly. I mean, what do you want to tell those federal workers who, in the absence of a paycheck, um, they might seek out uh, a food pantry mm-hmm. for the first time? You talked about that last shutdown and the TSA workers, et cetera, who came by Nourishing Hope. What do you want to say to the folks who this might be their time to reach out for help? Yeah, I think if folks need help, they can come. Uh, they can find more information at nourishinghopeshy.org. We have a couple pantries that they can come in and shop. We also have an online market where you can order your groceries and pick them up at your convenience. That's going to be the easiest way uh, to get food now because, and it also amps up the dignity, right? So you can order your groceries, you put it right in your car. If one of our locations isn't close or convenient or you want to go somewhere else, uh, if you go to chicagosfoodbank.org, that's the Greater Chicago Food Depository's website, they have a food locator on there, and you can help find, it can help you find where to get food close to you. That's uh, Nourishing Hope Food Pantry CEO Kelly O'Connell. We've been talking with WBEZ's Mawa Iqbal and Chicagoan Tamisha Holyfield about the impact that a government shutdown could have on everyday folks here in our state. Thank you, and take care. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. That episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Max Lubers, and it was edited by Dan Tucker and Meha Ahmed. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode on Saturdays. Sign up at wbez.org slash Reset News. That's all for today. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll chat again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.